0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So, today, in the passage of the Gospel, we find that Christ is speaking of Himself as the living water. So, we, med- we want to meditate on uh, what that really means, to be the living water. So, that will be our, our topic. So, I, uh, I couldn't help but just <laughs> mention this picture because uh, sometimes... Um, we, we we think of the, the, the living water and like the fountain of youth, and uh, we we try to like absorb as much of it as possible. And so, I think Marina here is trying to absorb as much of this waterfall as possible. She's doing a great job. So, um, the truth is, actually, we 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 all value water, and we know that water is an essential part of our life, even from a young age. Um, it's almost like something instinctively wired in us that we understand the value of water, that water is essential and critical to sustain life. So just uh, a couple months before I was going to be ordained a priest, I was sharing the news with my family, and uh, I told Luke that I'm going to be a priest. And uh, uh, he really didn't know what that really means. He wasn't as excited as I thought he was going to be. Um, so I told him, Luca, there's, uh, there's one little problem I have. Um, I'm going to be a priest, but the problem is I can't really grow a beard. And so he said, well, you can water it. <laughs> so even a, a child who's just four years old knows that water makes things grow, knows that water is important, water is essential for life. And Christ here... Is relating himself as the living water He's telling us that I am The one that sustains your life That I am the one who gives you life Just as water Gives life, makes things grow I'm the one who gives you life I'm the one who makes your life grow And so He comes to the Samaritan woman And he tells her Give me a drink, which is ironic Because if we just said He is the living water How is it that He says give me a drink Of course Christ is A full human being And he has physical needs He has needs to eat He has needs to drink He has needs to rest Just as any human being Needs those things He also needs those things So he tells her give me a drink He's been traveling a long way He's going from Judea to Galilee He stops in Samaria And he's been walking all of this distance for miles. And he comes at the heat of the day. I think the scripture says it's about the third hour. And so we know that it's hot. We know that he's been traveling for a long day. We know that he's a real human being. So he tells her, give me some water. I want to drink. I'm thirsty. But if we stop there and just understand this as an expression of the reality of his humanity, we'll miss the deeper picture. Because Christ could have went anywhere to get a sip of water. As a matter of fact, he had to go out of his way to ask this woman for water. Jews have no business going through Samaria. So if you're going from Judea to Galilee, you would would avoid Samaria like a plague, because you're a Jew. Jews and Samaritans don't interact. And that's why she's even shocked. He says, give me a drink. And she says, you're a Jewish man asking me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Then he responds and tells her, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would have asked him for the living water. And so she knew that it was absurd for him to ask her for water. She knew that there was something more to that request. Give me a drink. She knew that it wasn't just about him being thirsty because he's going out of his way to ask a Samaritan woman for water. And the truth is, it was beyond his physical needs. He he says, give me a drink, not because he's thirsty for a physical drink, although uh, that may be true, but it really extends beyond that. He's asking her to give him a drink because he's thirsty for her personally. Because he needs to have her interact with him. He's thirsty to have a, a a relationship with her, and so we can kind of summarize what he's really thirsty for in two things. Okay, so the best way I thought of trying to remember these two things that he's thirsty for is that they're two E's. So think of E squared. Right? It's not like a, a, an algebra or a, a mathematical equation, but think of E squared. You got two E's. Okay. So he's thirsty for two things, and both these two things are two E's alright so the first thing that he's thirsty for is an experience he's thirsty to have an experience with her he's telling her I thirst for you I thirst to have an encounter with you I thirst to have a relationship with you I thirst to interact with you that's what I'm really thirsty for sure you can give me a drink but I'm the living water I mean who's going to Satisfy the thirst for the other. Who's going to quench whose thirst? Me or you? It's not just about water. So I'm thirsty, not for a cup of water. I'm thirsty for you to interact with me. Think of anyone that goes up to a friend and says, Hey, let's go grab a drink. I mean, sure you might be thirsty, but it has deeper implications than, Hey, let's go grab a drink. Especially if you're a single guy and you go ask a single woman for a drink. There's much more deeper implications there. So you're not just asking for a cup of water. You're asking for some sort of interaction. Maybe you want to go out on a date. But whatever it is, it's not just about a cup of water. So he's telling her, I want to have a relationship with you. I'm thirsty for you personally. There's a letter that Mother Teresa wrote. I'm just going to share with you. Um, It's it's a long letter, so I really, really, really struggled to take a small excerpt out of this letter. So bear with me, because I ended up taking a couple of lines out of it. Um, But this letter is just so incredibly beautiful. It's called, I Thirst For You. This is something that Mother Teresa was meditating on, As she was uh, reflecting on the words of Christ who says, give me a drink or I thirst. So she's writing this in Christ's perspective. Okay, So she says, I thirst, I know the the letters are are a little tough to read. So um, just try to uh, listen carefully and I'll... Um, Try to read it slowly so that you can follow along. So He says, I thirst to love you and to be loved by you. So precious are you to me that I thirst for you. Again, think of these as the words of Christ, this letter that Christ is writing to each and every single one of us personally. So he says, I thirst for you. Come to me and I will fill your heart and heal your wounds. I will make you a new creation and give you peace even in your trials. I thirst for you. You must never doubt my mercy, my desire to forgive, my longing to bless you and live my life in you, and that I accept you no matter what you have done. I thirst for you. If you feel a little value before the eyes of the world, it doesn't matter. There is no one that interests me in the whole world more than you. I thirst for you. Open up to me, come to me, thirst for me. Give me your life. and I will, I will prove to you how important you are for my heart. All I ask of you is that you entrust yourself to me completely. I will do all the rest. Remember, sin can never satisfy you or bring the peace you seek. All that you have sought outside of me has only left you more empty. So do not tie yourself to the things of this world Above all, do not run from me when you fall. Come to me without delay, because when you give me your sins, you give me the joy of being your Savior. There is nothing I cannot forgive and heal. So come now and unburden your soul. No matter how far you've strayed without a destination, no matter how often you have forgotten me, no matter how many, how many crosses you bear in this life, I want you to always remember one thing that will never change. I thirst for you, just you as you are. So truly he is thirsting for us personally to have that experience and that encounter with us. So on our end, for us to satisfy his thirst, for us to quench his thirst, for us to give him a drink, just as He requested the Samaritan woman to give Him a drink, how can we give Him a drink? It is to come to Him, satisfy the thirst of His his desire to encounter us. And so, we ought to come to Him. One of the first, most important ways we talk about coming to Christ is in His Word. And it's very difficult to have... A, a foundation in our spiritual life, without coming to Him in His Word. We can experience Christ in so many ways, but within the center of our life to experience Him is through coming to Him, reading His Word, finding Him in the Scriptures. So I'm going to share with you a quick little survey that that a study did on Orthodox teens... And the frequency of reading the scriptures and the relationship between that frequency and other behaviors outside of the church. Okay, so bear with me because this is a very alarming study. So I'm going to put it lightly, but it's it's a little alarming, but I think it's a good wake-up call for us. So they did a survey with, again, Orthodox teens. And... They surveyed over a thousand different teens and they found that only 5% of teens read their Bible on a daily basis. Only 5%. These aren't people that are teenagers outside of the church. We're talking about Christian teens and more specifically Orthodox Christian teens. Okay? So they found that only 5% of teens read their Bible on a daily basis. And two-thirds of them rarely ever open their Bibles at all. Okay? Two-thirds of them rarely ever open their Bibles at all. But what is shocking is that 92% of all the teens that they surveyed said word for word that I do have a relationship with God that I do have a relationship with God. So 92% of these teens said, I do have a relationship with God, but only five of them read, the, read His word to them on a regular basis. Two-thirds of them don't even open their Bible ever. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know what kind of husband you would be if you claim to have a relationship with your wife and you let her talk to you once a week. Because the word... In the Scriptures is Christ's message to us personally, right? So th- that, his, that, that is His communication to us. So if there's a relationship, there's communication. We're going out on a date. I'm talking to you, you're talking to me. Throughout our prayers, when we stand and lift up our hearts, we're talking to Him. But when do we listen to His Word? It's in His, in his Bible, in the Scriptures. So He's thirsting for you to have a relationship with you. He's thirsting to communicate with you. Just think of a couple that's madly in love. They're they're thirsting to communicate. They're thirsting to talk. Typically the wife is going to thirst a little bit more to talk. But in essence, they want to communicate. In essence, they want to have a relationship. So I hope this just opens up our mind. Because they actually did the the relationship between the frequency of reading the Bible. They said, I didn't really want to get into this too much because it's sort of a tangent, but it's worth mentioning. They said that those who read their Bible on a daily basis are much more likely to avoid any promiscuous or risky behavior. So those who do not read their Bibles, they said are 12 times more likely to have premarital sex. This is again in Orthodox teens. This is a study in Orthodox teens. They're 17 times more likely to drink alcohol with friends. They're 17 times more likely to smoke cigarettes. And they're 19 times more likely to smoke marijuana. 46 times more likely to have suicidal thoughts. And 31 times more likely to actually consider committing suicide. So we have to be intentional. Those those aren't just uh, theories or opinions that I'm sharing with you. Because when we're satisfying that need, that thirst, and we communicate with Him, we have a relationship with Him, we feel satisfied. We feel full. When you're thirsty and there's no water around, and you're dying to get a drink, even if there's not the drink that you actually prefer, you'll settle for anything else, just because you're so thirsty. The world today is so thirsty for God, but because we're not accessing God, we're not communicating with God, we're resorting to satisfying that thirst elsewhere. And right now, I'm sure you guys have heard about the, the new health education law that's being passed and as scary as it may be the world is shifting towards this secular direction and our, our youth are, are in the hands of demons out there in the world but unless they are grounded in his word unless they are always full they will not go out and seek to be filled elsewhere. If we are coming to Christ who is asking us to give Him a drink, we will find that we are actually quenching our own thirst when we give Him a drink. Because His desire is to fill us, not for Him to be filled. He's already full. He was full before He created you and I. I mean, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit existing as the Trinity is perfect, is complete, is full, did not need to create me or you. He created me and you to have a relationship with us, to, to, to unite with us, to communicate with us. The second E is for that exchange. Just as I mentioned that going to give him a drink is actually what quenches our thirst, This is the very purpose that He's asking for us to give Him a drink. Not that He can be satisfied, but that we can be satisfied in the giving. Remember the words of Christ when He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Because when you give, there's an exchange that happens. You become the receiver, the recipient When you give, you actually receive more than the one receiving. When you give, you're entering into the life of God Himself. You're entering into His life. Because who is the giver? Who is the provider? Who is the living water? It's God. So when I give, when I go to give someone a cup of water, that's why He said if you give someone a cup of water, it will not be forgotten. Why? Because you are performing the work of God you are entering into Christ's shoes. You are doing what Christ does Himself. And so that's where that exchange happens. He says, give me a drink of water, because if you give me a drink of water, you'll do what I do by my nature. I, by nature, am a giver. By nature, I am a giver. So you want to be like me? Give. Give a drink of water. And that comes in so many different ways. Not literally just a cup of water, but it comes through that hospitality. It comes through just a charitable heart. Giving your time, your energy, your needs. Henry Nowen um, is writing in the book called The Wounded Healer and reflects on this concept. The concept of those who are wounded can only be healed by giving from their own self. And so if you want to be healed... You have to act like a physician. Right now, we're all in this church as sinners. I'm a sinner, we're all sinners. And the church is like a hospital for those sinners. Like we're all patients in this, in this hospital. We're all patients, but you know what? The best way to be healed is to act like physicians. Instead of going around saying, I need, I need, I need. We're all wounded, but how can I help myself unless I extend beyond myself? Because my brokenness comes from my selfishness. And so the more I step outside of my selfishness, the more I heal that brokenness. So I'm going to leave you with this final quote. He says, Hospitality makes anxious disciples into powerful witnesses, makes suspicious owners into generous givers, and makes close-minded sectar- sectarians into interested Recipients of new ideas and insights. It transforms us. When the one in need becomes the giver, the one in need becomes the recipient in reality. Without ever noticing. I've, I've seen more people transformed through services, especially when uh, we went on missionary trips, going to Kenya and seeing people that really need, need your service. We come back and we will we talk about how many people we served. But who really benefits? It's not the, 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 the people we want to serve. One, I mean, of course they benefit, but who receives more? It's the giver. So he comes and tells you today, give me a drink. Those four words are not to the Samaritan woman. Those four words are for me and you. Give me a drink. And so you have to wonder, why is he asking for me to give him a drink? You have to wonder. And if you're not wondering this, we miss the whole picture. And again, it's for that experience and that exchange that he wants to give us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.